Our scripture reading today will be taken from Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. And our message today is entitled, well, may the Lord bless you. This is the Lord's word. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all you people, all of you guys here today. Uh, to worship our Lord Jesus together. Um, just showing up on Sunday morning is, is half the battle, is it not? Just to, to get up and say, I will be here. But the Lord is always gracious to us that whatever amount of energy that we can give to him, God is always there to bless us. And in fact, we start to understand that even the faith that God has given us, even this little bit of strength that we can say yes to him is a gift from the Lord. And so to say yes to God and to say yes to the things that he has, to say yes to worship together as God's people is a tremendous blessing that he has given to us today. As we look at this passage, we often ask the question, what does it mean when someone says, the Lord bless you? Or someone sneezes and someone says, God bless you. Or what does it mean when someone writes on your Facebook wall, you know, may the Lord bless you or or blessings to you? So often in, in our world today, we use words over and over and over again that they start to lose their meaning or they start to change their meaning. Either way, when you, when you look at a dictionary and you, you look up a word, sometimes you see meaning number one, meaning number two, meaning number three, meaning number four. And in fact, if anyone here has ever studied Arabic, Arabic is one of the oldest languages in the world. And if you look up an entry of an Arabic world, you will see that they have tons of meaning for that one word. Why? Because throughout history, throughout time, the word changes. For us here today, we need to go back to God's word. And we have to start to understand what does it mean when we say to one another, the Lord bless you. What does it mean when we hear people say, you have the Lord's blessings upon you? Growing up in the Korean church, I remember uh, one of my, my friends said that his mom always said, if you, even if you go to church late, make sure you make it to the end. That's when the pastor lifts up his hands gives the benediction, and gives the blessing. You have to receive that. Because when you receive that, you have God's blessing, and then you can go. 
What does it mean to be blessed by God? What does it mean to receive? Here in chapter 6 of Numbers, verse 22 through 27, we have Moses telling Aaron that one of his duties now is to bless the people of Israel. This ironic blessing, blessing of Aaron, or this priestly blessing was given to them in order to bless the people, usually after the sacrifice. So the people would come to Jerusalem, to the temple, offer their sacrifices to the Lord, and after the, the sacrificial ceremony was over, Aaron would lift up his hand, whoever the high priest was, and would bless his people. Aaron himself was not blessing the people, of course, but it was God blessing the people through Aaron, the great priest, the great high priest. But these are the words that Aaron was told to use. He said that this is what you should say to the Lord, to the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so I want to sort of look at some of the main words here and how the Hebrews would have heard these words after this time of sacrifice. The first thing he says is, the Lord bless you. Now, when we hear of blessing, we hear of God giving us something graciously as a gift without demanding anything from us. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you. Now, in the Old Testament, this blessing that we hear is the blessing of material wealth, of land, and of children. Remember, the Lord blessed Abraham. The Lord blessed Isaac. The Lord blessed Jacob by giving them the land. The Lord blessed Abraham. The Lord blessed Isaac. The Lord blessed Jacob. The Abrahamic covenant by making their descendants as many as the stars in the sky and the sand and the seashore. For the nation of Israel, their understanding of blessing was the growth of the nation. Their understanding was the, the fruitfulness of the fields. Their understanding was their health. Their understanding was a nation that was strong. Because at that time, God had set apart the nation of Israel, distinct from the other nations. And the only way for the other nations to see that, that they were God's people was to see the material blessing that was there. Remember Solomon. When the kingdom of Israel was at its, at its height, at its biggest, people came from all over the place, even the queen of Sheba, to, to go to, to Solomon to ask for wisdom. All the nations looked to Israel. And so, yes, in the time of Abraham, 
time of Moses, time of the kings and the prophets. We can interpret the words blessing in the Old Testament as material blessing, as a healthy life, as good crops, having lots of children. Those are the blessings that we see in the Old Testament. He goes on to say, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And the, the Hebrew word there, shamar, or, or to keep, it has, has, has a meaning of, 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 of an army over a military defending you, a defense. The Lord guards you. The Lord defends you from your enemies. Think of it. What is more important for, for a nation than not only the, the material blessings, but also a fortified wall to defend against their enemy coming at them? And we see in Psalm 127 that, that the psalmist says, Blessed are you who have many sons. The fact that your sons are, are simply arrows in your quiver to defend you. And we read that today, we go, well, do I need to have lots of children to be blessed? Well, in the Old Testament era, yes. Many sons means many soldiers. Much defense to keep out the enemies. And so the blessing that the priest, the priest is giving to them after they sacrifice to the Lord is the blessing of God's presence and bounty and in defense of their nation. Thirdly, the priest says, may the face of the Lord shine upon you. In this part of God's blessing, the priest is saying to his people, May the Lord's presence, his countenance, his grace, his love be upon you. Remember, to, to see a person's face meant intimacy. To see a person's face meant that you had their favor. God is a king. And we know that when you approach a king, you come before him and your, your eyes are cast down. But the king has the right to lift up your eyes to see his face. The king has the, the, the right to graciously give you his presence in your life. And so for even the Israelites, they, they understood that, that the blessing of God is not simply a nice fortified city, nice defenses. For us, it would be, give me a nice house, a nice car. Make sure there's no bugs coming in. Make sure the, the government doesn't take away my stuff. Make sure some other one steals my stuff. But even for the people in the Old Testament, it went beyond that. The, the, the blessing is to have God's presence in their life. That he would be presence amongst them. That he would make himself known to them. The sacrifices that they made weren't simply to get material blessing. But to know that God has revealed himself as a creator God, redeemer God. 
their lives. Now we often look to um, kings, presidents, and people who have power in our world. And we ask them, just make sure things are fair. Make sure that I can work and get what I work for. Make sure that no one can steal the things that I work for. And make sure that no other nation can do that to our nation. And for many of us, that'll be, that, that, that's more than enough. But the God of Israel was gracious to them by dwelling with them and being with them. It would be as if the king were to come to you and say, not only will I give you all of this, but I will walk with you. You'll be my friend. You'll be with me. You can talk with me about your concerns. And I will hear what you have to say. And so the God who has been afar, the blessing that, the, that, that Aaron gives to them is the God who is far becomes the God who is near. The God you can speak to. The God who has spoken to you. Make his face shine upon you. That you may see it without dying. That you may see it without being overwhelmed. But that you would see him. And have peace. You know, sometimes when I go through Facebook, I don't know why I do it, but you know, something news feed, and you'll see a video, and you'll see these videos of uh, people who will see their their heroes. They'll see their favorite K-pop star. I don't know why that's a big deal, but for some reason it's a big deal. Or my my sister uh, was able to to meet Michelle Obama um, just about last week. And just the excitement of knowing that you're in someone's presence who has not only power, but has given you blessings and joy. And to know that they've done it out of the goodness and graciousness of their hearts. When you meet God, when you see God, I pray that this aspect of the blessing is what drives your heart. To have seen the face of God and to rejoice in it. And lastly, he, he tells us not only the, 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 his face to shine upon you or to lift up his countenance, but to give you peace. To give you peace. The Hebrew word for peace is, is shalom. And I'm glad this is in the Old Testament. Uh, shalom is, or peace is not simply a lack of war or a lack of, you know, just uh, not feeling right. It's not simply psychological. But shalom means to have the fullness of life. 
to have everything going the way it should be according to the Lord. It means that the fullness of life is that you have the fullness of the blessings or the presence of God. Here in the Old Testament, the fullness of, of a city that is growing, the fullness of crops that are over, that are, that, that, that are, that are growing and, and having, having more than you need, the fullness of having God walk in the midst of you, the fullness of knowing that you know yourself and you know your God. That's shalom. And that is the peace that God has offered to us. And so when we look at the priestly blessing, and we look at it from the point of a view of the Israelite, you'll see the holistic nature of God's love for them. It's the material blessing and the spiritual blessing, God's presence as well. The reason why that was done, again, is to separate them from the other nations so that the other nations could see that Yahweh was the true God that other nations might come and worship Yahweh, that through Israel, the name of Yahweh would be known to the world, and all will see that God and God alone, the God we have here in Scripture, is the gracious one, the loving one. But then here's the question today, and here's where many of us as Christians get a little bit confused. The question is, do all these blessings still pertain to me today? Do every, does everything that we see in the Old Testament pertain to me today? Should I expect that the word blessing in the Old Testament means the same thing for us in the New Testament and therefore mean the same thing for me today? Does it mean that God is going to give me material blessing? Does this mean today that God's going to guard me from the evils outside who will want to steal things from me? And as we look at the New Testament, we see, we see changes. And we see that we as Christians need to temper our expectations of what God wants to give us so that we may understand the God who loves us. When we expect our parents to give us more than they are, are able to, are willing to, our relationship becomes strained with our parents. In the same way, if we expect God to give more than he's actually promised to give, our relation with God gets strained as well. See, in the, in the New Testament... What happens is Christ comes. And then when Christ comes, Christ is a fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. He is the fulfillment of the priestly blessing. He is the fulfillment of, of, the, of Israel itself. It is through Christ now that all peoples are blessed. It is through Christ now that we have every blessing. That Christ is the center or the reason why all the Old Testament has been written. All of Israel understood that one day a Savior had to come and to save them. But even in the New Testament, we understood that the Israelites are still looking for a political solution. 
The Israelites were still looking for the, the king as he, as he entered into Israel during in Jerusalem during Palm Sunday. Many of them who were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, were expecting, expecting uh, uh, Jesus to go to his throne room and to, and to reclaim Israel for Jerusalem. But no, he didn't go to the throne room here. He went to the cross here. And he changed the expectations of what blessing and what nation looked like. Why? Because at the end of the Old Testament, we realize Israel's in shambles. And then Jesus came to say, the purpose of all of what happened in Israel, the Old Testament promises, was for you to see that the nation of Israel will one day be fulfilled in me and in the church. Christ himself is what we call the blesser and the blessing. Remember, it's Aaron, the high priest, who gives the blessing. And the blessing is for these material blessings to guard you, his presence, the fullness of life. In Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 50, the very end of the gospel, as, as he's ascending into heaven, he raises his hands and he blesses his people. And Jesus blesses his people with what? Not with material blessings. not with physical safety. But he blesses us with himself. Everything has changed. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul is able to expound upon this. And if you read all of Ephesians 1, you'll see that that, that Paul says that the Lord has blessed you, God has blessed you in Jesus with every spiritual blessing. Now, when you read that spiritual blessing, don't think physical versus spiritual. Don't think of it as, as sort of this general spirituality that's out there. That word spiritual links to Holy Spirit. So you, we say God has given you every blessing in the Holy Spirit. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 1, what does he talk about? He talks about your salvation. That he foreordained you to know him. That he's adopted you as children. That he's given you redemption in his blood. That he's given you the promised Holy Spirit as a token for your inheritance that waits for you in heaven. For us as God's people, when we hear the word blessing, our thoughts should not go to our health, first and foremost. Our thoughts should not go to our jobs. Our, our, our thoughts should not go to the physical items in this world. But our thoughts should go to Jesus and him making himself known to us. And as we grow in Christ, 
we start to see, we start to understand that all the bless, all of the other things that God has give, that God might give us are not promised unconditionally to his people. You see, the physical stuff that God gives you, health, material, wealth, God gives according to his providential wisdom to all. We cannot look at people and say, you are wealthy, therefore God loves you. It's nowhere in scripture. We can't look at the Forbes top 10 and say, therefore these people have been blessed by God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the inheritance. For you and for me, our blessings are isn't to know Jesus. I said, when I say to you, when someone says to you, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord grow your understanding of the blessings that God has given you. Turn off that switch that looks at the material things and turn on that switch that says, God has made himself known to me. And I must grow in knowing how much God has made himself known to me. Some of you, I mean, all of us, even in this physical world, we're, we're people who, who grow, we're people who change. Um, for those of you who aren't married yet, you, you, you'll still see that your relationship with your parents changes as you get older. And as, it, as each new life stage changes, there's a little bit of friction Parents are getting older, they're changing. You're getting older, they're changing. And you have seasons. Sometimes the seasons go hand in hand. Sometimes they go like this. But, but eventually, what's the joy? It's in knowing your, your parents or your parents and knowing you, watching you grow, rejoicing in one another. Our joy isn't in mom, dad, What's my allowance going to be for the rest of my life? My joy isn't simply, mom, dad, here, I'm going to give you allowance for the rest of your life. But the joy is in knowing and being known. And that's the blessing that God has given to you. To know Jesus. And to be known by him. God never changes, you do. With each season in your life, may you grow to know him. And may you grow in blessings <coughs> of being known by him. So God bless you. God bless you with the knowledge of him. God bless you. They may grow in love for him. God bless you. That Jesus will be all that you need. 
God bless you. Whether you have met much or nothing, that you will know him. God bless you. Whether you live to 110 or the Lord takes you tomorrow, God bless you. Let our hearts and our prizes be in heaven. And let the Lord show you, demonstrate to you, that he is all that we need. Let's pray.